0: what to talk about, and I was like, oh, that's a cool idea. Let's talk about how to make a good confession, because you can talk about so many things. Um, So many things, I can pack it in here. So, that's, honestly, another one of the joys of my my priesthood so far is hearing confessions. I love it. It's a beautiful sacrament. So, I'll try to bring uh, (laughs) the six months of wisdom that I have of of being a confessor, but I think more importantly, um, I don't know, being someone that goes to confession uh, frequently, I feel like we can gain a lot of wisdom from that so let's see here where are we going to start okay so (laughs) confession sometimes can be like a heavy topic right it can be kind of heavy and people are a little bit you know fearful toward it i think it's good to be a little bit nervous before we go to confession so i wanted to start with a joke for so okay so there's this guy he grew up in the protestant church and after you know let's say he was 50 years old he finally came to realize whoa Catholic Church is the truth. I want to go. So he went through RCIA, etc., and he got down to. He's about to, you know, come into the Church of Easter, and he had to make his first confession. Right, So he's fifty. So he's like, oh man, I gotta, you know, examine my conscience. I gotta, I gotta go to the priest and confess all my sins. And one of the major things on his heart was like, okay, Father, this is my, my first confession, and I've got, I've got some got some sins that I want to confess. Okay, the priest said, okay, my son, what do, what do you have to confess? To? Okay, so I've worked in a lumber yard all my life, and um, sometimes I've been a little bit dishonest. I've taken some lumber and kind of done my own projects with it. Okay, all right, so can you give me a little more detail about that? Well, you know, I, I built uh, a little doghouse for my, my German shepherd, and the priest said, okay, that's, that's not so bad. Um, well, there's more fun. Okay, so one time I got a little carried away and I built a three-car garage um, for, for my cars. Oh wow, that's, that's a little more serious. That's a little more serious. I said, okay, okay, and the guy said, well, you know, that's not it. Um, I actually decided to build myself a house uh, with, with all this, this lumber that I've taken, and <laughs> the priest said, whoa, that is definitely, that's definitely a lot more serious, okay? And he said, well, you know what? Um, what I'm going to ask you to do is to, to make a novena, um, to repent of your sinfulness, and make a novena. And the guy said, okay, Father, I don't really know what a novena is, but if you have the blueprints, I have the lumber
1: to make it. So, anyway, <laughs> stupid cheesy joke. <jigs. laughs>
0: anyway, I thought I was kind of lighten the mood here for this, uh, this heavy sacrament, a very powerful sacrament. Anyway, I heard that joke one time, I was like, oh, I'm not a joke person, but I was like, eh, my senior (laughs) always tells me, I'm like, no, no, I can't do that. So anyway, okay, so what I'm gonna do here is just kind of like paint a picture of, okay, I think I I did in a framework of like six steps, six steps to how to make a good confession, and I'll kind of like unpack each step as we go, okay? Let's see here, first step, preparation, preparation, I see you way too, and I'm not, trust me. When I say things, you know, I've seen and heard, I'm not like being critical, I'm not condemning people, I'm just like helping you guys to, to be um, good confessees so that you can receive the grace well. And also, just a disclaimer if I use examples, don't think, that some of you guys have come into confession with me, don't think that I'm speaking specifically of you. You're not special, your sins aren't special. <laughs> I've heard these things many, many times already. I've you know, been hearing confession for six months, and I've already pretty much heard everything. So, don't feel that you're special, okay? Uh, I'm not highlighting your sins, I promise. Okay, preparation. What I was saying is that I, get, I see too many times that people just kind of like doing like a drive-through confession. They just say, oh, yeah, let me go to confession. Let's walk in here. Okay, here's my sins. Take them. All right, see you later. All right. And it's like... I just, I can tell there hasn't been a lot of preparation. It's good that they're seeking the sacrament, right? But it's like, okay, it's much better if you take time to prepare, right? So what does that entail? What does that entail? I would say, obviously, what's my next slide here? Examination of conscience. Obviously, examination of conscience. This is something, as Catholics, we should be doing every day. Now. We don't need to do you know 30 minutes long of an examination every day but i would say it's good to spend a couple minutes you know three to five minutes each day as part of our prayer to examine our conscience i think it's just a part a good part of our prayer life okay examination of conscience um so and then like more specifically as you um plan to approach the sacrament of confession i would say like maybe give or take up your sermon like two days before start examining your conscience so let's say you're going to go on saturday right my recommendation would be start on thursday and spend like 15 minutes 30 minutes to like really do a thorough examination of conscience like really put this set the time aside and really examine examine your conscience this is a good spiritual practice and the next day on friday maybe take another you know 15 minutes or so and kind of pray a little bit more and then Saturday comes around. You are prepared to go to confession, and maybe spend a few a few minutes before you go to confession that morning or that afternoon to kind of um, make sure that you're that you're ready to go. Okay. Examination of conscience, something we should be always doing, but like as we approach the sacrament of confession, do it in a very um, particular way. Okay. Next for preparation. I actually. Don't do this much. Sometimes I do, but I very, very highly, highly, highly recommend that you write down your sins. Now, people are like, oh, I don't want to do that. What if someone sees them? I feel like we, you can you can do a good job of kind of safeguarding that. You can either put it on your phone. Sometimes people come in on their phone. There's actually, I think there's an app called like I Confess, and there's there's other apps too where it actually does like very very good examination of conscience, and you can go through and like click things and like flag them. And then you go to this other tab and then, like, list all your things, all your sins, and then you just read them, okay? There's many reasons for this. There's many reasons for this. Real quick to go back to examination of conscience. there's so, many, there's so many ways you can do this, right? How, what, what are some ways? Go through the Ten Commandments, there's, there's tons of lists, there's tons of websites, there's tons of, of guides to help you do this. So if you don't know where to go, um, Ten Commandments, the Beatitudes, kind of examine those. But there's very, very good pointed examination of consciences. I would highly recommend that you use one of those. These apps are good, they go through, they break down the Ten Commandments in like a very detailed way to help you, help you question and examine your conscience, okay? So write down your sense why. I think it's, uh, I'll get to this in a little bit, but I just think it, it helps us to be honest. This is also to be honest, okay, here's where I am. I'm gonna write them down, um, and it also helps, I think, well, I'll get to that later. Um, just to write them down, and I think it also helps with efficiency too, right? When you get in, you don't have to be like, um, um, and that's also a charitable thing to do because there's usually a bunch of people waiting in line, so <laughs> make sure you're ready, make sure you're ready. I Promise this is very important Um, and then sometimes we kind of devolve into stories when we don't have our we don't have our sins written down it's okay to give like a 15 second uh, confession just reading off the sins that you have listed after you've prepared well you don't have to give stories in context I'll say a lot more about that later you don't have to give like the story right listing your sins is sufficient I promise just say your sins it's fine okay what's next Okay, So after you've prepared, done this examination of conscience, you've spent a sufficient amount of time preparing your uh, your conscience to, to confess your sins, you've written them down, hopefully. Written them down, hopefully. I highly recommend this. And then you go, and you confess your sins. You confess your sins, okay? Alright, what's next here? Alright, so we get into confessional, and a lot of you guys know how to go to confession, but I'm just going to run through this slide very Briefly. So sometimes people like don't know how to begin, right? They don't know how to begin. So um, when people come into the confessional, sometimes I'll say like welcome or hello. How are you doing? That's not necessary for the priest to do that. But I like to just I like to kind of extend that warm invitation like as Christ would. If he's welcoming his son or daughter. So I just like to extend that warm embrace. And sometimes I actually kind of thought about it. kind of messes people up. Like, oh, hey, welcome. Oh, hello. And I'm like, ah, oh, sorry. <laughs> um, but honestly, just like most things we do as Catholics, how do we begin? Make the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then I'll say, amen. And then, very simply, forgive me, Father, or bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It has been two weeks. It has been two months. It has been ten years. Hopefully not ten years, but... And these are my sins go through your list that you've written down go through your list that you've you've already examined your conscience and you have made your list confess your sins and then a lot of people don't know how to land the plane sometimes Um, so it's always good to just kind of have a like know how you're gonna end and the easiest way is like for these sins and any sins that I cannot remember have mercy on me it's okay if we if we don't remember everything. So that's a, that's a good thing to do at the end, is it For these sins and anything that I can't remember, have mercy on me. Okay. Now, then, what's going to happen is usually the priest is going to kind of give you some some words of counsel to kind of help you. And this is why like um, like details do matter. I'll get to the, get to that in a little bit. But the, the, you confess your sins. The priest will give you a little counsel. He'll give you a penance. You guys know most of this, but I'm just going to run through it. He'll give you a penance. You say your act of contrition. Some people don't know the act of contrition. That's okay. I feel like sometimes I want to give that as a penance. Just say, go learn the act of contrition, okay? Um, It's okay if you don't. It's usually on the, uh, it's usually on the, in the confessional. Um, Say the act of contrition. If you don't, I'll just, I usually lead people to just do a very simple one. Just repeat after me, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. That's sufficient. And then the priest will say those beautiful, beautiful words. Powerful words of absolution and literally through the power of Jesus Christ obliterate your sins. Unbelievable. So cool. I love it. Every time. Every time, I love it. Okay, now, so we did preparation. So part of the six steps. The first one, preparation. Next one, confess your sins. We're still in the second one, so I'm just going to give a few quick tips on what I've seen for myself and then as a priest, who I'll give you some, some helpful tips that I think are, are very good to kind of grow as a good um, confessor. Okay. Be not afraid. Like I said earlier, um, yeah, it's normal to be a little bit nervous, right? It's normal to go to another human being even though they're acting in the person of Christ. It's normal to be a little bit nervous, right? It's normal to be a little bit nervous. But like I said before, um, yeah, I've been a priest for... Less than six months, and I've pretty much heard everything. There's nothing you can tell me that I haven't heard. So, I get it. I get it. It's like, oh, I don't know what the, I don't, I don't want the priest to think different of me. It's like, okay, well, do you really care what this this priest thinks, or do you care what what God thinks? And do you do you really want your sins absolved? Okay, so be not afraid. Be not afraid. I always like, well, what if what if they remember my sins? Okay, you guys know all know about the seal of confession. Literally, under no circumstances can those sins. Be brought outside the confessional. so that should give us a deep, deep assurance, right? Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't. Honestly, like you do get a special grace as a priest to kind of be like, forget these sins, because I always think about this. Like sins are boring. Sins are boring. Like sinfulness is so boring. You repeat these same patterns, right? Sometimes we look at it, and we're like, God, I'm just, I'm so stupid. I'm so petty, right? Um, so sinfulness is boring. So. That's not really what I focus on. Grace is exciting. Grace is exciting to watch people's lives be transformed, to watch someone literally like, have this weight taken off their back, off their soul they've been carrying around for so long. That's exciting. Sin is boring. So be not afraid. Go give all your sins. Give all your sins to the priest, I and mean, do not be afraid. And this kind of leaves me to my second point here. A lot of the times, and this is why I said it earlier, it's good to write down your sins. A lot of the times... And I do this too. I'll admit it. We kind of come before the priest, and we'll try to kind of, um, we'll kind of try to make our sins, polish them up a little bit, and kind of hand them to him, like provide some context. Well, you know, Father, it was kind of like this, and you know, I just, I kind of slipped into this because of this certain. we try to like, you know, package up our sins and then present them like, you know, kind of tidy and nice, right? Sometimes we try to hide. We try to hide a little bit. We try to kind of like dance around certain things. Um, Okay, I get it. We're human, right? Um, But I I don't think the power of the sacrament, the effect of the sacrament is going to really take root as much as if we just kind of just came clean. Just come clean. Just come clean. You're going to receive so much more grace if you just lay it all out there. And I think that's why writing the list out is very good, because if you don't, when you get in there, we have this tendency to justify and kind of dance around and, you know, polish up our sins and hand them over to the priest. So, don't hide. Don't hide. I realized I used to do that a lot. I used to do that a lot. When I just kind of was just very raw and real, I saw a huge difference. I really did. Like, you know, I stopped caring so much about what the priests think. I just kind of came before the Lord and I said, okay, here's where I am. Like, here's my mess. Here's my mess. Take it. Take it. I didn't worry about saying, okay, you know, Father, there's this one time where I kind of did this. And no. Here's what I did. I sinned. Here it is. Take it. Throw it into the ocean of mercy. Okay? So don't hide. Don't dance. Don't try to, you know, present our sins. um, Tidy them up. Okay? Okay. Next one. Another, I think I have this one, maybe one more tip for just kind of going to confession. During like confessing our sins. Um, Okay. I get it. Um, Sometimes we do want to provide a little bit of context. That's okay. I don't mind that. I really don't. I really don't. Some priests are really firm and kind of just say, Hey, 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 come on. Let me have the sins. Let's go. Come on. So, but it is true. Like, I, the priest absolves sins. The priest doesn't absolve stories. So, I appreciate the context every now and then, but I don't need to hear some story, especially when you bring other people into it and you start bringing their sins into the story. I've heard one priest say, if you tell me someone else's sins, I'm going to give you their penance, okay? So, I need your sins, all right? It's okay to provide a little bit of detail in context, and that's my next slide, about what details are pertinent. But a priest absolves sins, not stories, okay? Just keep that in mind. Again, back to the list. I think it's good to really spend some time preparing, really spend some time preparing um, instead of doing the drive-by confession, like take some time and let the Holy Spirit enlighten your mind and your soul and say, what are the sins you want me to confess? Let me really examine. Let me really dive into the depths of my soul. And then write them down or put them on your phone, okay? So what details are important? What details are important? And they are. They are. Again, I don't, I'm not too harsh on when you kind of give context and a little bit of story, but you know there's there's definitely a kind of a, a threshold there where it's like okay okay that's enough there's like 45 people waiting in line let's go come on let's keep it moving so what details are important okay so let's just begin at the very beginning blessed be father for i've sent. it has been six months since my last confession it's been two weeks this this actually really does matter because um, it helps me helps other priests kind of kind of figure out where you are spiritually and kind of help give you advice um, to kind of really grow in holiness and virtue, it does matter. So how long it's been. Um, also, I do think it helps to kind of get your state in life. You know, are you married? Are you a priest? Are you consecrated? Are you single? It does help. It really does, right? Um, let's see here. Okay, so then, what do I want to go to next? Okay, I'll go to this next. It is also good to confess your sins in kind and number. A lot of people don't really know this. It's actually necessary. It's actually necessary. The church requires you to confess your sins in kind and number. Okay? So I'll just give a few things, right? Um, Okay. So let's just say, Bless your Father for I've sinned. It's been six months since my last confession. I'm a married man. Here's my sins. Blah, blah, blah. Um, And one of them is I committed adultery okay right that's that's kind of vague right it's been six months my last confession I'm a married man and I committed adultery okay does that mean how many times you know did you have extramarital extramarital affairs with seven different women on seven different occasions or did you kind of let your eyes wander and, and commit you know lustful thoughts and entertained thoughts about other women um, so this is important, right? <laughs> if, for the priest to know, like, are you just kind of like uh, entertaining lustful thoughts and like fantasizing about other women, or are you actually engaging in uh, extramarital affairs with other women? This is this is helpful for the, for, for the priest to know, so that he can kind of guide you along there. And then in number as well. Uh, so it's different if you actually, you know, if this if this man accidentally, no, sorry, not accidentally, if this. Man fell into the act of adultery, extramarital affair on one occasion versus like 20 occasions. And it's an ongoing like relationship, right? So it does matter, kind and number. So a lot of times I'll hear, I don't want to stick on like, I don't want to, I'll just give a few more examples, but I don't want to stick completely on sins of like sexual impurity. But some people will say like, you know, I've had impure thoughts. Okay, that's fine. Um, I've been impure. Like, okay, what does impure mean? Like, again, I'm not, and I'd say this sometimes, like, I'm not trying to pry, but these are the details that matter. These are the details that matter. Like, I've been impure, and it also matters how many times. Now, there's other things that, like, I've used the Lord's name in vain uh, countless times. We don't have to say, like, seven or seven and a half, or, like, you know, 72. If it's, like, numerous occasions, like, you can just say, like, more than I can remember, or a handful of times, okay? Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Like, kind and number, Again, the priest isn't trying to pry to like figure out like juicy details or anything. I promise, I don't want to hear about it. But I but it, it is like good to know for me to, to kind of figure out where you are, so I can kind of like point you to the light and bring you uh, to a deeper life of virtue and holiness. Okay, so when you say you know it's been two weeks and I've been impure, like okay, like did you look at pornography and masturbate, or like did you like literally go um, hire a prostitute? Like these are these are different. I promise you, these are different things, right? Um, Okay, like, did you just gossip, or did you, like, literally just, like, go berate someone? Um, So these things are are different. So kind and number. I'll leave it at that with the details. So, again, stories, we don't want to hear the stories, we don't want to absolve sins, but details do matter in a certain sense, okay? Very good. All right, now, now that we got that done, this is what I really want to focus on, okay? This is the, this is... The most important part for me. So we got through that stuff. I feel like you guys, that was was pretty basic. You guys kind of understand that of preparing and confessing your sins. But I want to talk about butterflies. So definitely transformation. Transformation, right? So, okay. It's actually kind of like recently in the last few months, this has really been convicting my heart. Um, So most people... These first two steps, like preparation or yeah, preparation and confession. Like most people just kind of stop here, okay? Because you hear so many times, oh my gosh, I feel so good, like I just got rid of all that crap. I you know, I, I confessed my sins, I prepared and I confess my sins, and I just feel awesome. That's that's great, that's great, right? But so many people stop right there. So many people stop right there, and they have no plan to like grow in virtue and like make changes in their life. And again, this is where people kind of treat the sacrament of just kind of like this drive by dumping our sins, just like, you know, kind of alleviating our conscience. And then there's no plan, there's no plan for transformation. We just kind of go back into the same rhythm of life that we've lived in. Again, I'm not being critical, I'm not being condemned, I'm not condemning anyone, but this is real. This is real, right? Sometimes we just like we just treat it as this kind of drive-by. Now, yes, your sins are forgiven, your sins are obliterated. We want to make sure that the sacrament is effective. I promise you, it is. But there's so much more. There's so much more, and that's kind of what I want to spend ten minutes or so talking about here. Okay. Um, what was I going to say? Okay, so here's what's kind of been convicting my heart in the last couple of months. So. On one hand, I say, you see so many times, like, oh, Father, it's been, you know, month since my last confession. And say, you know, the same old, same old. Um, here's my sins, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Okay, the same old, same old. And it's like, sometimes I'm like, okay, you know what? To try to, like, encourage people. I'm like, you know what? It's actually not a terrible thing that you are kind of struggling with the same things. So I tell them, like, well, it would be... Actually, kind of difficult if you came into the confessional every single time, every couple months, with like fifty new things. You're like, ah, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to start. So I kind of try to encourage people. It's like, okay, you know, we all like we all struggle. We all struggle with certain things, and it's it's, it's okay to like you know if, if it's honed down to a couple different things, and we're, we're really working on those one or two things that we we've, we've constantly struggle with for years and years. Okay, that's cool. That's cool, but. I think if we just continually do this and we're just okay with, like, the same old, same old, here's my sins, I feel like the church, um, the priests, whoever's, like, helping you grow in holiness are, like, failing. You're just going to come here with the same sins every time, which is okay. It's okay. The church never tires of forgiving you. Jesus never tires of forgiving you. But if it's the same old, same old, it's like, wait a second. There's so much more to this sacrament. There's this, the Lord desires to forgive us and also heal us and transform us. So let me go on with these next three or four steps. Um, So we did preparation and confession of sins. So then let's kind of see, okay, how does this transformation take place? So I got some like very specific things that I think can help us grow in allowing the Lord to transform us so we're not just doing the same old, same old over and over again, okay? So next step, next step, after you prepare and you confess your sins, and again, back to the list. Why is the list so important? Because sometimes if people make a list or if they don't, I'll say, okay, what I want you to do sometimes for their penance is to go out into the sanctuary and I want you to kind of think about the sins that you confessed, and I want you to think of the corresponding virtue and say a prayer, like name, like literally name the virtue, name the virtue. Okay, let's say I've, you know, used the Lord's name in vain, you know, 10 times in the last month. Like name the virtue of like, you know, glorifying and praising the Lord's name and say a little prayer for each each sin. You can, if you have your list, this is why it's, it's, very, it's much easier instead of remembering. Go through your list and say, all right, here was the, the vice, here was the sin. And let me name the corresponding virtue and then ask the Lord, say a little prayer petition, beg the Lord, Lord, I'm struggling with using your, using your name in vain. Please help me to praise your name and glorify your name. Use it um, in, in all of its power, okay? So that's just an example of like naming the, um, the corresponding virtue, right? Um, Lord, here's, my, here's one of my sins. I'm just a huge nag. I'm a huge nag, I'm just constantly critical and judgmental, and I'm always just tearing people down. So, Lord, please help me grow in kindness and compassion. Help me grow in patience, so I'm not so quick to judge, and I'm not so critical, okay? So use your list, and name the corresponding virtue. Again, back to this, it's not just a drive through of dumping our sins. Like, if we truly want to grow in holiness... Like let us let let us, let us look at the virtues that like, that correspond to these vices and say this is the virtue that I need to grow in. Lord, I beg you to help me grow in this. Okay, so again, this is the next step of like really letting the transformation take place. Okay, so make the list. Go into the go into the sanctuary afterwards and kind of examine it and say, all right, here's. Where I am, here's my sins, like, what are the virtues that that, that that kind of obliterate these vices, and name them, and name them, okay? Here's a great list, Is here's the seven deadly sins, and kind of the, the virtues that correspond, so, I don't know, can I come up with anything? Okay, Lord, I've just been very lazy, I've just been very lazy, I've been, like, hitting the snooze button, like, all week long, or all year long, sometimes, I'll, that's a huge struggle for me, the snooze button. Uh, I just haven't, I just haven't, haven't, really been, um, fruitful with the time that you've given me as a gift. Okay. So, all right, Lord, here it is. I'm very slothful. I'm very lazy. I'm very dismissive of my priorities. So Lord, please help me grow in diligence of, of helping me recognize the priorities of my life and giving me the strength and the grace to grow in that, to be more diligent, to serve you. Okay. Another example, you can come up with your own through, through here, um, Okay, gluttony, I'm overeaten. Okay, Lord, help me deny myself. Help me deny myself more so I can be more temperate. Don't let, Please don't let my passions just run away and get everything they want. Let me like say no to myself every now and then by fasting from food, fasting from technology. Just saying no a little bit here and there. These are just examples, okay? So, preparation, confession. But we want transformation too, right? So, the first step of that transformation is name the virtue. Name the virtue. Okay, then, then after we name that virtue, we kind of looked at our list there and seen our sins and kind of like named the corresponding virtue, um, then I think it's a very good practice to like not just say it, oh yeah, I wish I could grow in that, I wanna be, I'm just like super prideful, and it's manifesting itself in, in very harmful ways. So, all right, please Lord, make me more humble. Great prayer, right? But I think it's take a step further, okay, and visualize, Visualize yourself exercising that virtue. Visualize yourself being more humble. Visualize yourself not always asserting yourself in a conversation and thinking that you always have to speak up and always have to be the right one. Again, these are just examples, right? If you go through this the whole list and say, um, look at the vice, look at the corresponding virtue, and then visualize yourself doing this. Literally, like pray about it and meditate on you, like you doing these things of being more pure of heart, of practicing the virtue of chastity. What what does that look like concretely in your life? Visualize it. Like go through your mind and smile. Smile upon yourself, living these virtuous deeds out in your mind. Okay? This is a very good practice to do. Rejoice in it. Sin is like, we do it, and we think it's going to make us happy, right? And then, you know very briefly, it makes us happy. And then we're like, oh my gosh, like that was just so silly. Like, that didn't bring me any joy. Now like my, my soul is just like torn up inside if we're like we're really honest with ourselves. Like we think we sin is like we, we do things that just don't work. We do things that just don't work and they don't make us happy. So in this, when you when you name the virtue, start visualizing yourself and then like smile. Smile like no, this is what this is true happiness, this is satisfaction, this is joy, this is fulfillment. This is myself living a good, holy, sanctified, virtuous life. Pray about that. Pray about that meditate on it. it's a very very good practice to do. One last thing on that is we have tons and tons and tons and tons of saints right that have all struggled with everything they all have struggled with right everything that we have struggled with okay tons of saints and there's patron saints for everything, literally everything. any struggle that you have, I like, go look up a saint that like embodies the virtue that you desire to and read about them read about them. And like, aspire to imitate them and ask for their intercession. I think this is part of the visualize step, okay? Visualize yourself living this. Transformation is real. This is what God wants. He doesn't want us to just do the drive-by and dump everything off and just keep living the same pattern of sin that we keep doing. That gets old. It gets old. And I know it's heavy. I've dealt with it too. Like, it gets heavy. That's not what God wants. God wants our freedom. I promise you God wants our freedom, okay? So name the virtue and then visualize it, okay? Then make commitments. Make commitments. And anything else we do in this life, our work, sports, hobbies, or whatever, we're like pretty committed to it, right? Like we have to we have to live up to a certain standard. So we make goals. We actually make goals. So this is... You guys have probably seen this before, SMART goals is an acronym. Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Relevant, Timeout. I'm not saying you have to go through those, I just put it up there so I can remember what to talk about for, for making commitments. But we do it, we do it, like, and, and goals are good, commitments are good, Like I'm sure a lot of us grew up playing sports or music, like, you're not going to get good unless you practice and actually make commitments and like, get up out of bed and go practice, right? We don't just want to be mediocre in our spiritual lives, right? We don't want to do that, that's not what God wants. We have to cooperate with this grace. So name the virtue, visualize it, and then make a plan. Make a commitment. Make a commitment. So I don't want to go on and on about examples, but I feel like they're good. They, like, they help us see them, right? So like, all right, I struggle, with, um, I struggle with going to Mass on Sunday. I struggle with going to Mass on Sunday. Why? Why do you do so? Well, it's because I put too many things on my calendar on Sunday, or I go out on Saturday night, and I'm just too tired or hungover to go to Mass on Sunday, all right? Make a commitment. Sunday Eucharist has to be the center of your life, so it's like, all right, what does this look like? What am I going to do? You know what? I'm not going to go out on Saturday night so I can get up and go to church in the morning, or I'm going to pick a later Mass, and I'm going to be faithful to it, and I'm going to say, yes, no matter what, I am going to it. Okay, just one example. I struggle with using the Lord's name in vain, okay? instead of just saying, like, oh man, I need to stop doing that. I just need to stop doing that. Lord, take it away. That's a good prayer, right? But actually kind of go the other way and practice the virtue of praising God's name when you see his action. Like praise God for when you when you see good things happen in your life or when you see good things happen in other people's in other people's life. Exalt his name, praise his name, glorify his name. So when when we struggle with the vice, don't just say, alright. know I did this and I wanted to go away that's the first step right but then like practice the virtue to help you like pull yourself out of that sinful habit right Um, okay Um, let's just say you're like back to that other example of like a lot of us struggle with us being very critical and judgmental um, gossiping about people name the virtue and make a commitment to exercise it, right? Like I'm actually not just gonna not gossip or be critical. I'm actually gonna like encourage people and affirm people. I'm gonna go out of my way to like give people credit and encourage them, hey, you know what? Like you did this really well, or hey, you know what? Um, I see this quality in you, like keep it up, right? So not just like not doing the vice, but literally moving into the virtue and help us like pull us out of that, okay? Um, All right, so I talked about, if you're on the retreat, I talked a lot about prayer, right? And like prayer is a battle. And most people, I talk to people about prayer all week long, right? And most people that any of us talk to really, like, can't point to a consistent prayer life. It's just, it's just, it's hard, right? It's not something that just comes easy. Most people, you tell, oh yeah, you know what? I have a pretty good prayer life. I pray at the same same time every day, and that's been happening for about the last three years. Like, no. Like, most people are not living that life. Most times, like, yeah, you know, like, I'm, I'm trying pretty hard and like, you know, for a couple of weeks I was, you know, getting up early and like spending some time in prayer. I was reading some scripture. I was reading this book or I was praying. I was signing for a holy hour in the Adoration Chapel where I was really going with the rosary for like three months. But, ah, you know, like I just kind of got out of the habit and like all these obstacles come up. Like it's real. I experience it a lot. It's real. The, the devil is real. He wants to throw up obstacles. But also we're just like we're lazy and we're weak sometimes. So we actually have to be very disciplined. So if we're struggling with sloth, if we're struggling with like carving out that time each day in prayer, name the virtue of like diligence, name the virtue of like faithfulness in prayer. Visualize yourself doing it and then like make commitments. I am going to get up at this time each day and I'm gonna spend 10 minutes in quiet prayer with the Lord, beginning my day with the Lord. Or after work each day, I'm gonna stop. Not every day. Well, this would be awesome. I'm going to stop at the Adoration Chapel and spend just thirty minutes with the Lord. Or before I go to bed every night, I'm going to read one chapter of the Gospel. These are just examples, right? But we have to make commitments. We do this in so many other areas of our life. Why don't Why don't we think we have to do these in our spiritual life? And I promise, I'm not being like, guys, come on, you got to do this. I struggle with this all the time. Like I was in seminary for six, seven years, and now I'm a priest, and I constantly have to fight and be intentional about the time that I spend in prayer. This is not easy, right? So that's just one other example. Okay, we struggle with purity and chastity, and I feel like this is like, you know, one of the hardest things for, for people of our age, right? It's just like, there's just a, an onslaught, there's a battle toward it. It's like, okay, let's say you struggle with lust, you struggle with pornography, you struggle with masturbation. It's like, no, I'm not just gonna like, you know, pray for for it to go away. I'm gonna like, Think about the virtue of chastity and purity. I'm going to visual my, visualize myself living it and then I'm going to make commitments. A lot of the time, I don't want to harp on this one, but this is something that you know, tons and tons and tons of people struggle with. So, like, are we really like firmly wanting to like break free from sin? So a lot of people, a lot of times when people confess this sin of like you know, pornography and masturbation, or whatever, I'm like, okay, all right. A lot of times I'll ask him, again, not to private, like, okay, it was like on your phone or your computer or whatever it was. I'm like, okay, like are you really gonna make a commitment to like not letting that happen? Are you gonna put software on your phone to not let you access that? Or are you just gonna make a commitment? I am not going to take a screen into a private room. I'm not gonna have a TV in my room. I'm not gonna take my computer in my room. I'm not gonna take my phone in my room. Some of that sometimes like we think it's oh that's impossible to do. Okay, maybe, but like, how serious are we about breaking free from sin? How serious are we about breaking free from sin? God wants our freedom. I promise he wants our freedom. He wants our transformation. We have to cooperate with him. We have to cooperate with him. Freedom's real, and it is so beautiful. Grace is so exciting. I promise, like, seeing people break free from sin is like one of the most beautiful joys of the priesthood for me. Um, So I promise you, transformation is real. Freedom is real. He wants it, but it looks like something. It looks like something. So like, you know, okay, just let's say gossip, like, oh, you know what, each day at work, I just, I kind of gather, and we start talking about these same people all the time. We just kind of tear down our coworkers or whatever. Okay, well, sometimes we can't control that, like the people who are around, but sometimes it's like, well, maybe you need to make new friends. (laughs) Maybe like those friends are like toxic, and you need to stop hanging out with them. Or, um, you pray about that sin, you name the virtue, and then you visualize yourself doing it and then you make the commitment, okay, the next time that comes up, I'm just gonna remove myself from the situation or I'm actually gonna say what needs to be said. Hey guys, actually, you know, X, Y, Z. We probably shouldn't be saying that or like, hey, you know what? You're not perfect either (laughs) or whatever it is, right? Okay, so kind of wrap up with this year. All right, so then let's go through the steps real quick. Preparation, right? What's next? Confession, right? So that's where most people stop, okay? That's where most of us stop. And we're like, oh man, that was great. Got rid of all those sins. I feel so much better. Yeah, that's great. Okay. The Lord obliterated those sins. That is, That's a real thing, right? But then, like I said, so many people stop here. But then, like I said, if we want transformation, what's next? Name the virtue. Like, that's why the list is important again. Take your list that you made, pray through it, name the corresponding virtue to the sin that you're struggling with. Okay, then what's next? Visualize. Visualize yourself living it out and like smile upon yourself like when you meditate, like that's what I want. Sin doesn't make me happy. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. I've tried it so many times thinking it would make me happy. Like that's not going to make me happy. Visualize yourself like living out these virtues in a very concrete, tangible way. And then... Make a plan, make a commitment, make a commitment like very concrete, specific, uh, measurable things that you can say, This is what I am going to do to combat this sin or combat this vice. Make the commitment, okay? And the last step, kind of a step, not really a step. We definitely want to strive to grow in holiness and we want to strive to be transformed, but the Lord also knows we are weak and we might fall again. So, but the last step is repeat, repeat, simply repeat. So here they are: preparation, which includes examine. And I again, I'm going to highly recommend writing down those things. Okay, um, and then we just went through them all. Name the virtue, visualize it, visualize yourself living it out, make the commitment to grow in that, and then inevitably. Um, Hopefully not inevitably, but the Lord knows where we be patient and gentle with yourself uh, because we know that the Lord is so patient and gentle with us. But strive to cooperate with His grace. Strive to cooperate with His grace. When we leave the confession, we're we're forgiven. And we see so many times in the Gospels, Jesus says what? Go and sin no more. That's hard. That's very hard. But He says it like He knows it's possible with the grace that He gives us, right? So, like, we have to believe in the power of the sacrament, that this is real, and this is possible. So, make the commitments, but then, you know, if we fall again, the Lord never, ever, ever, ever tires of forgiving us. The sacrament is such a gift that the Lord gives us, and it is always there. It is always there, no matter how far you think you stray from the Lord, it is always there. The church is our mother. The church is our mother that gives us so many gifts— one of them is the gift of this powerful, beautiful, awesome sacrament of confession. Think about when you're young and like you fall down and get hurt, right? Um, you run to your mother, you run to your mother or your or your, your father, whoever, but because you want to be comforted, right? You want to be comforted, and, and mom usually asks, like, "Okay, like where does it hurt? Um, and how can I make it better?" Right? That's what that's what the church does for us. That's what the church does for us. Offers us this comforting, healing sacrament. We come to the church, our mother, especially in the sacrament of confession, and we say, this is what's wrong. This is what hurts, and I want it to go away. I want it to go away. And beautifully, in the Lord's infinite mercy through His church, that's what He does. He heals us. He gives us His forgiveness. He gives us His mercy always, always, always. And then He gives us the grace of so that we might continue on the path of holiness that He is calling us to. He gives us His grace so that we might be transformed. He wants our freedom, it is real. God desires our transformation. If we cooperate it, cooperate with it, we will become the saints that He desires us to be, I promise. So let us all become great saints together. Amen.